Well, it sure is good to be with you folks tonight. I've been praying much about, uh, about this meeting uh, since uh, last year. I know your pastor called me and asked if I would be interested in, in coming up and preaching the conference. And uh, I said, well, you let me know what the Lord tells you, and then I'll be more than will, willing to come. And uh, he, he got back to me. He says, yet the Lord really confirmed in his heart. And I said, well, praise the Lord. That's, uh, that's what we want. We want God's confirmation. We don't want to do anything uh, without God's uh, divine authority, uh, letting him move the church in the direction that he desires for it to go. And so uh, I'm going to just get to my notes here. And so uh, I want you to turn to your Bibles to Philippians chapter number one, Philippians chapter number one tonight, Philippians chapter number one, uh, going to be going to be taking us on a uh, on a kind of a jump. We're going to be jumping around in the book of Philippians is what we're going to be doing, and uh, hopefully, uh, I really want to be a help. That's what I want to be. I want to be a help and an encouragement to you. Uh, I, I want you to just be able to really be uh, lifted up in the, in the cause of Christ, because that's so vitally important in the Christian life, to really be lifted up and, and letting really letting God rule and reign within our hearts. It's vitally important. It really is. And so we look here in Philippians chapter number 1. Philippians chapter number 1. Amen. Philippians chapter number 1. Uh, as soon as I get there, I got my notes there. I just got to get my Bible there. And so we're going to be looking at uh, some things. I hope it, it really will be an, an admonishment to you. Uh, really looking at this whole thing about the gospel. Uh, I look at the, the book of Philippians as a, uh, a missions letter uh, where the missionary is now reporting to churches and what God is doing in the hearts and lives of others. And that's what really we can see in the book of Philippians where it's really lifting up the gospel, really lifting up Jesus Christ. It really does uh, a tremendous, a, a great tremendous amount. And so I want to begin reading here in verse number one in Philippians chapter number one, verse number one, and the Bible says, Paul and Timotheus, the servant of Jesus Christ to all all the saints in Christ Jesus. You know, that's a really important thing. All the saints in Christ Jesus. So he's writing to churches. He's writing to this church here in Philippi, uh, giving a report of what God's been doing, giving a report uh, of the grace of God that's being uh, being worked out through his life as he is uh, going forth preaching the preaching Jesus to other people. And so we go we find yeah, that he's writing to these to all the saints in G, in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi uh, with the bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you, all making request with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day 
of Jesus Christ. I want to just stop right there for tonight. Father, I do thank you so much for thy love and mercy and thy loving kindness. And I pray, Father, that you would just help us tonight. We really need your help tonight. Lord, I need your help. If anybody needs help, Lord, I need your help. And so, Father, I pray that you would just help me. And so I'm praying, Father, that your spirit would have complete control. And I pray, dear Holy Spirit of God, that you would minister to our hearts, minister to our minds. Help us to understand, illuminate our hearts and our minds to see the greatness of Jesus, uh, the greatness of the gospel. And I pray, dear Lord Jesus, you would have your will and way in our hearts. Lord, I love you and I thank you for all that you will do. In Jesus' precious and most holy name I pray. Amen. You know, as we look at the, the book of Philippians, you know, a lot of things, you know, people would refer to is that it's a book of joy. Well, yeah, I would, I would say that a lot of times we can find the word joy or rejoice uh, or, uh, or rejoicing in the Lord. But, uh, you know, where does that joy really come from? That's where we got to really find out. Where does joy come from? Joy doesn't come from uh, in the world's standards. It doesn't come from, you know, the world's philosophy. It doesn't, that's not... Well, you know, well, well, people do have joy in the world. Yeah, they do have joy. But I'm, I'm really looking at a, a joy that is eternal. And so it's really important to help us understand where does joy really come from? Well, joy is, it comes from knowing Jesus. Is where it really begins with. It really comes to, uh, all about knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's really, really important. As we can see you know, in our text, he's writing to all the saints... In Christ Jesus. And so really important uh, to help us understand that, you know, that's where joy, true joy truly comes from. And when you look at uh, Galatians chapter number 5, you look at the, the fruit of the Spirit, you'll find that, you know, uh, uh, that joy is one of the, one of the first three uh, that are mentioned. And that really, those first three really line up and help us understand really the inward Work in the life of a child of God really is important for us to really understand that and see that. And so this chapter really uh, speaks about some great important truths for us. It really does. And so as we as we continue to uh, look at this passage of scripture, uh, it's really important for us to understand just a few things of what Apostle Paul. Is writing and and as we look at these things, it's in you know we see that in in Paul's letters, a lot of times he comes out with a very introductory type of uh, comments and salutation as he begins writing. If you look at his other books, you find that there's some similarities in what he's writing about. And so we see, dear child of God, it's really important to understand God's given the Apostle Paul the authority by a church to be sent forth to go and preach the gospel. Amen. You know, that's really important for us to uh, see that. It's, it's Apostle Paul submitted himself to the authority of a local church to go be sent out of that local church to go and preach the gospel under that authority. Amen. That's so vitally important as we can see where he, where he talks about that. He says, Paul and Timotheus, servants of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops 
and deacons. And so grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's, he's really giving a great report and understanding that it's God who has given him that authority to go out and, and, and understand that Apostle Paul, he was the one that was very instrumental uh, in the book of Acts where we find Paul and Silas there in the prison in the Philippian uh, Philippian jail, where we find him uh, praising God, and God did a great, wonderful work of grace, and we see people being saved uh, because of them praising God, because of uh, God being magnified, God being glorified, because of the authority that the Apostle Paul was given by God to preach the gospel, and people were saved. And that, you know, that's the outcome of going out in missions. You know, people will get saved. You know, that's the whole purpose of the church. Uh, people getting saved. Amen. Uh, it's not about just coming together and, and being a part of a group of people. It's really getting in line with that group of people and just really following uh, the Lord in obedience to what God is doing in hearts and lives of other people. Amen. And it's so vitally important to really understand that. It really is. Uh, so when we look at Paul's letter, we find that there is a great involvement. You know, we have a team. As he talks about him and Timotheus. You know, it takes a team. It takes a team effort to go and preach the gospel. It, it, it takes a team effort to go and see people saved. It takes a team effort to have uh, a church established. It really does. It takes a team effort. You know, uh, I can just imagine you know, how much... Uh, how much uh, people have labored here and seeing this church being established here, this church being planted here in Thompson, Manitoba. I just think about back home, uh, back in 2017, uh, we started the work there in August of 2017, and it took a great group effort. We had over 30 people that helped us in, in planning. They were there for two weeks, and, and we were able to campus the whole 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 area, and, and uh, it was just a wonderful a great time, and God planted a church there in Nippon, Saskatchewan. And so it takes a team, it really does. It takes a team of people to really get a heart for the gospel, uh, get, really have a heart for people receiving the gospel. And we see, dear believers, that you know, Paul is just so fond. He is so fond of these uh, believers because of what God is accomplishing in their hearts. And so, uh, in the, in, so we see in the standard greeting, he's thanking God upon every, every remembrance of these believers. God had made a great difference in their life. You know, that's, that's what happens when people go out and preach Jesus. And, you know, do people come to know the Lord right away? Do people come to know Jesus right away? No, they don't. Sometimes it takes, you know, it takes a year. Sometimes it takes two years. Sometimes it'll take five years. Sometimes it'll take up to nine years or ten years before they will receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. But the most important thing is, is that, you know, there is, a, a, there is a church that is faithfully preaching the gospel of Christ. Amen. That's so vitally important for us uh, as believers to understand. That's vitally important for us to see that it is the, the mission for, uh, of the church is the gospel. Is what it is. The mission is Jesus. Telling people about Jesus. It really is important for us as, 
as children of God to understand that's the whole focus when when a church is being started, when a church is, you know, reaching forth in the community, it's all for the one cause, and that's preaching Jesus, is what it really is, all about preaching Jesus. And, you know, when a church loses, fo- loses focus, <clears throat> excuse me, of preaching Jesus, and when other things become more of a primary focus, soon that church will lose its light. Because Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Amen. You look there, you look in the Gospels, that's what Jesus said to the, to the disciples there in Matthew. He says, hey, I am the light of the world. And then he turns to them, he says, now ye are the light of the world. Dear child of God, understand that now you are the light that the people need to see. You need to be the light where you preach Jesus unto the people. It's so important. It really is. You know, uh, people won't get saved. You don't say anything. They won't say, they just, people don't get saved. You keep your, if you keep your mouth quiet about Jesus, you won't, you won't see people come to know Christ. It's really important that as we follow uh, the Lord's leading in our life, that we open our mouths. We declare uh, the hope that lieth within us. Because we do have a hope. Amen? We do really have a hope. And that hope is Jesus, is what it is. And if we have the hope, and the person that we're trying to reach doesn't have the hope, we need to always preparing ourselves to preach Jesus unto them so that they know him. And so as we, there in Nippon, we, we always, always conscientious. Uh, God's been just doing a great and wonderful work there uh, back home. And I'm just, I'm just so thankful. I really am. I'm thankful for what uh, God is doing. I know it's not because of me. Uh, I just know it's just because of faithfulness of everybody. That, uh, and that's so important. You know, it takes a team. It truly takes a team to... Uh, reach a community for Christ. You know, every community is, all, is different. Every community has their little nuances. Every community has their own little characteristic about them. Every community has problems, right? Every community has some type of problem. It really does. Some more so, some are greater problems than other communities have, but there's always a similarity of problems in every community. And what it is, just straight up, is it's darkness. There's a darkness in people's lives. And only way that darkness can be Removed is that Jesus, the light, comes in. And so it takes, it takes people teaming together, as we see with Paul and, Paul and Timothy. They, they're teaming together, and they're preaching Jesus. And we're going to look at more of, of Paul and 
and Timothy and how they were uh, so unique, how they could work together in such, uh, in harmony. They could work in harmony. There's a reason behind that. When a church, when, when a team is in harmony, it's, it's more effective for the cause of Christ. When a, when a church or a team is in harmony, uh, there, there's a greater potential for people coming to know Christ. And it takes that type of harmony. It really does. It takes that type of you know, uni- unity in, in the body uh, of that local church to be effective, to be a light in that community. It takes a team. You know, it takes a family. That's what it does. It takes family. You understand, you know, you're part of this church. You're, you're, you're a family. Think of yourself as a, a family together. It's, you're, not, you're not just a, a lone ranger. You're not a, an entity within an entity. You're not an island uh, amongst islands. You are a group. You're a family working together for the cause of the gospel. It's really important. It really is. And so, you know, dear child of God, it's, it's, it's crucial to have the right perspective. It's crucial to understand, you know, God is always, you know, in, unit, in unity. He's always working in a group of unity. And he always, he always has people that, are so, that fit together and that work together really well. And sometimes that takes time. It, I just know back home, it takes time to get, you know, for God to bring people in so that, you know, that team gets bigger. That team becomes more effective. That team has a greater heart uh, to reach the gospel, to reach the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, it, it just gets bigger and bigger. The, the, the more that, that, that family grows, the greater the potential for Jesus to shine in that community. It's what it is. The greater the potential. And so it's, it's really important to have that, you know, perspective, to have that understanding. You know, it's a team effort. It's not a lone ranger. You know, your pastor can't do it all himself. He can't do it all. He can't do it himself. It takes other people to work alongside of him for people to come to know Jesus. It takes other people to just join up and say, I'm with you. Let's, let's, let's reach this community for Christ. Amen? And that's so important. It really is. For a church to, to see that, for believers to, to get behind uh, God's messenger who God has sent to establish a work, it's really important when you see it, get behind it. Because then God can continue to strengthen that family. God can continue to strengthen that team. Amen. 
And that's so important. It really is uh, to, to understand and, and see that. And so we see, dear child of God, it's, it's vitally important. He, he's thanking God upon every remembrance of them. He's thanking, you know, I'm pretty sure your pastor, he's, he's thanking God for, you know, for you to be here. He's thanking God for you being there Sunday morning. He's thanking God for you being there Sunday night. He's thanking God for you being there Wednesday night. You know, I understand, you know, there's times where he can't be there. But there's nothing in the way, and you can be there, be there. Because, you know, the greater the comfort, the greater the, 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 the unity, the greater the family, the greater the outreach. Really, yes. The greater the outreach. It's not a it's not a lone ranger type of work. It takes a team. It takes family to do it. It truly does. And it's so vitally important uh, to get enlisted. Get enlisted in the church. Get enlisted and say, Pastor, what can I do? You need toilets washed? I'm gonna wash the toilets. You need the floor vacuumed? I'll vacuum the floors. Amen. Get involved. You need, you need to go. Can, you, can I come with you on a visit? I'll go with you, Pastor. I'll go with you. Can, I, can, I, can, can we go out door to door? I just, <laughs> thinking about that, I think about uh, last, uh, last year uh, when, uh, when, uh, when we weren't out door to door and uh, uh, Brother David, one of our church members, and uh, he was so excited. He was extremely excited about being able to go out door to door and, re- and telling people about Jesus, inviting people to, uh, inviting people t- uh, to church. He was just looking forward. To, he was just so excited. Uh, you know, it's, it's great. You know, when, when young people, when a young man like that gets so on fire for Jesus, when a young man, he, you know, he's, he's not... Young, young. He's not like 20-something. He's 30 years old. And he's just so excited, you know, to be able to reach his community, reach Nippon for the cause of Christ. And he just, and you know, you know what that does? When people get excited, when people, uh, when people uh, have that energy, it's contagious. It really is. You know, it gets contagious. And then people go, yeah, you know what? I need to go and, you know, be, more, uh, be a better witness. I need to reach people for Christ. Amen. And that's so important. We need to be telling people about Christ. Who are you reaching? You know, I hear all the time, you know, uh, you, know, in our, in, you know, in our small, we have a small church too. We, just, we don't have a big church. We have a little church. And uh, I hear all the time, or, you know, I hear all the time the people at church, you go, well, I've had this opportunity to talk to people. I've, I've, handed a, I've handed a track to this, this person. I handed a track to this person. And, you know, I, I just heard the other night, well, I, was, I invited one of my friends to come to church. You know, who are you inviting to church? Are you concerned about people living around you? Are you concerned about people that need Jesus in your life? Are you concerned about them? Or is it like, well... At least I'm going to heaven, even though they may be lost and going to hell. Well, I'm going to heaven. That's good enough. No, it's not. That should not be our attitude. 
Our attitude should be the same as uh, the same purpose as when Christ came here on earth. When we look there at Luke, Luke 19 and verse number 10, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen? What are we doing? What are we doing? Are we seeking? Are we taking opportunities? Is God giving us divine appointments? What does that mean, divine appointments? When someone comes to you and they go, you know, I want to know more about this Jesus. You know what you need to do? When someone approaches you like that, say, when can we talk? Do you, need, do you want to talk right now? Or they go, well, if we could set up a time. You know, take that opportunity and talk to them about Christ in their life. Because that's so important. It really is. Jesus came with one purpose, to seek and to save that which is lost. Understand, someone came to you to tell you about the gospel. Amen? Someone came to you and said, Hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know you're going to heaven? And you go, No. I remember when I got saved. I was a religious person. Very religious. Lived in a very religious area. <laughs> he knows. Lived in a very religious area. Where it was all about doing good works and hoping that, you know, getting, you know, baptism of regeneration and, and joining a church and hoping that all these works would get me to heaven. But understand, none of that got me to heaven. What got me to heaven is believing in Jesus. Amen. And that's what it takes. That's what it took for you to get to heaven. It took you to bow your to bow your mind, bow your heart and bow your bow your head and, and bow on your knees and say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me uh, and come into my heart and save me. It's someone came to you. Amen. It's not a works. You can't get to heaven by doing good works. You get to heaven through Jesus. It's the only way you get to heaven is through Jesus. There's no other way. Because Jesus says there in John chapter number 14, in verse number 6, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man. What does that mean? No one. No, no woman, no man, no child, no girl, no, no boy. No one. No one can get to heaven. But He says, but by me. You can only get to heaven through me. It's the only way. Amen. It's the only way where a person can go to heaven is through Jesus. And that's so important for us to understand that. It's through Him and Him alone. Someone came to you and told you about Christ. Someone told you that, someone told me, hey, you're a sinner. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was in a bad, bad place. When God spoke to my heart about salvation, I was in a bad place. I was about to give up on my family. I was about to get into a, a bad situation real quick. But I'm thankful for Brother David Cook. You probably know him, Brother David Cook. I'm thankful for Brother David Cook, who was sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God told me about Jesus. And he led me to the Lord. He led, he's the one that led me. He's my spiritual father, so to speak. 
He's not, the, not my father, but he's the one that led me to know Christ. And I respect him. Because someone told him about Jesus. And it, it caught on fire in his heart. And he wanted to tell people about Jesus. And because that fire in his heart, this church is here. Amen? This church is here because of his fire. Because he bowed his head. He bowed his heart. He bowed his knee and humbled himself and believed on Christ. It's so important. You know, the scope. You know, the gospel is very, very infectious. It really is. When people get on fire, things begin to happen. Things really do begin to happen. People change. And so I, I so last spring, David was so excited. You know what he said? He said these words, I'm built for this. <laughs> I, I like that. He says, I'm built for, I want to go and tell people about Jesus. And he was so excited to be able to go knock on doors and invite people to Jesus, uh, invite people to, cry, uh, to church and, and, and share the gospel of Christ. Amen. He was so excited. He says, I'm built for this. Yeah. We're all built for that. Because we're servants. That's what we are. We're servants. We're not, we don't serve ourselves. We serve. We have to understand that we no longer belong to us. Do you get that? The Bible does say that you've been bought with a price. You've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. So that means that you now have a new owner. And therefore, because you have that new owner, now that owner wants to rule and reign within your heart. He wants to guide your life is what he wants to do. He wants you to get you to, to tell people about him is what he wants to, you to do. And it's so important. It really is. And so, dear child of God, it's, it's, it's infectious. It really is. Because Paul's thanking God of every member because he's thinking about when they got saved. He's thinking about when he was there singing those praises as they were praying there in prison and that soldier comes and, and as the earthquake you know, shook, the, you know, shook those doors open and, and they're, all, they're all still there and he looks, at the, and he looks out and into jail and he sees his doors open and he's about to take his life. And Paul says, hey, do yourself no harm. We're all still here. And he comes and he realizes what must I do to be saved? He realizes that the God that they serve is the God. It's not just God's as the Romans believe. The Roman soldier, he believed in gods. But he realized that day that they were serving the God. They could do great things. And because he, because he saw that in 
their life and how they were praising Jesus and how they were praying and God did a work. You know, that's what God wants to do with your life. Amen. He wants to do that with your life. He truly does. He's thanking, he's thanking God for every remember, every, the, all the things that, you know, we, do we realize, you know, when Paul is mentioning those words there in, in Philippians chapter number one, he, when he says, I thank God in every remembrance, he's thinking back to the very point of their lives when God started that church there in Philippi. He's thinking back when they received Jesus. He's thinking back how Jesus changed their life. Oh, dear child of God, is Jesus changing your life? Is he showing you new things each and every day? Hope he is. Because when Jesus shows you something new every day, that fire just gets hotter. That fire becomes more contagious. He's just thinking, oh, I just think, oh, I'm thankful for what God did in your life back then. He's thankful for the, the work that God did. He says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine for you all making requests with joy. He's happy. You praying for people. You pray for people. It's important. I, I, you know, pastor showed me there on the back wall that you're praying for every house. That's a great thing to do. That encourages me to think about doing that back at home. Praying for every house on every street that God would touch that home. That that heart would see the light that that mind would understand the gospel. Oh, wow, are you praying? Because I understand when you're praying for people, you get a bigger heart for people. That's what you do. You get a bigger heart. But little, if you don't pray for anybody, it's like you'll see a person, and you may not even be able to hear the Holy Spirit say, go talk to them. They need Jesus. You don't pray for people. You can't, you're hindering the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life to prompt your heart to go and talk to that person. Amen. You never know. You go off in the workplace and you, and you just do you do your own thing, and that's great. We all work, and we got if we got jobs, you gotta you gotta do that which is right. You gotta make money for your employer, amen. Make money for him. But the biggest thing is to do it unto the Lord, and keep in mind that people need the Lord. People need Jesus. They really do. People need him. There's people, you know, there's like, you said something like 12,000 here? 13,000 people. 
And there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine people can't reach 13,000 people. Right? No. Nine people can't do it. It takes us to single out one person and say, I'm going to make it my mission to reach one person this year. I'm going to make it my mission to at least talk to somebody. Maybe they don't get saved in 2023, but you're making it a mission to reach one soul to tell them about Jesus, to slowly build a relationship so that you can be a light to that person. They may not get saved this year. Maybe they'll get saved in 2024. But it's important continually building a relationship with people and telling them about Christ. You know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about back home. We just had a, a really great uh, youth activity. And uh, with that youth activity, that was only, that was only uh, less than a week ago. Uh, we had a great youth activity. And the gospel was being preached. And be, did anybody receive Christ? No, no one did. But what did happen is this. Those who did not know Christ, those who were lost, those who were unbelieving amongst all those young people, you know what began to happen? They began to ask questions. That's what happens. You don't have to be, you know, just be there. But this has been an ongoing thing. And God's been slowly but surely softening their heart as the young people that are there that are saved, they're being a light to those who are lost. And now there's questions being asked. How does this work? Which is all this stuff about Jesus? It happens. But we've been working with these young people that have been coming for almost a year. Hey man, for almost a year. Been preaching Jesus to them, been reaching out, comforting them, asking, you know, is there anything we can do to help you? And now what's what's taking place? They're coming and say, you know, they're asking questions. That's a good thing. I love questions. I love questions. Just just uh two days ago, my wife and I, my wife and I, we went to went to go and visit a couple. Now, they were two hours away. They were two hours away, and uh, they had a lot of questions about Christ. But this relationship didn't start Tuesday. This relationship started back in 2019. It had taken that many years for God to finally do a work. And now they're like, I need to know this. I need to know that. Why did... Why did, why did Jesus come the time that he came? That was a, that was a really great... They were, they just, just gentlemen asked, why did Jesus come at that time? Couldn't he come earlier? 
Couldn't any of you come earlier? Instead, right at that moment, at that time. Why did he have... Then he goes, why did God use, you know, the children of Israel? Why why didn't God use another nation? I love questions. You know, as a child of God, we should be, you know, rejoicing when people ask you questions. It's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to answer these questions these people are asking. What if I give them the wrong answer? Well, you know what's really important for you to do? Get in the Bible. Know your Bible. Know Jesus. So that you, when, when people do approach you, that you can tell them about Jesus. Amen. Oh, it's so important. And so he's, it takes a team. But also, you know, he's thinking, he's thanking God. He's thanking God of what God had done in their heart when they got saved. Think about, thank God what God is doing in your midst. People that are coming. How, and then think about this. How can you be a help to those people that are visiting? Because it, it takes a team. It takes a family. For the family to get bigger. Amen? It really does. And it's so important. It really is. For us to see that. Because it becomes very contagious. It really does. It becomes contagious. And you see God changing people's lives. You know, I'm just so thankful for what God is doing. Back home. And I see this. It's like, you know, I've only heard about what goes on here. I've only heard about it. This is my very first time ever being here. Uh, I've never been here. You know, when Brother Cook came up here, I, I, all I, did, I just heard about him coming up. And they were having meetings. And all of a sudden, the building. I heard about the building. You're able to get the building. And now you're in the building. And we're just excited about, you know, we're in a lease option to buy. We're looking at to get into one permanent. And God's been just blessing. And I don't, it's not because of anything we've done. It's because of what God is doing in our heart. And that's what it takes. It takes you as a child of God to let God speak to you and say, yeah, I need to I need to be more proactive. I need to tell people about Jesus. I need to invite people to church. You know, when, when the heart is tender to the Lord in that way, things begin to happen. You know, we wait. A lot of times what happens is that people come to church and they're waiting for the preacher to do something. Preacher, we pay you. You go and tell people about Jesus and we'll sit here in our pews and we'll wait for people to come in. And then you, and you say, well, 
I guess the preacher is not doing his job. He's going out. He's telling people. He's trying to make visits, making contacts. I hear your pastor making all kinds of contacts here and there, and he's talking with people here and there. You know, even you know, uh, it, it, what can you do? Get involved with what your pastor's doing. Get involved. Get involved in it. Get involved. Be tender to the gospel. Amen. It takes a team. Paul's thankful. It takes tenderness. That's what it does. It takes tenderness. Be tender to people. People want to know that they are loved. They really do. They don't really care how much you know until you show them how much you love them. And tell them. The one thing I've the one thing I've noticed in one gentleman that's been coming to church, I've seen a I've seen a change. And I I love Christopher. He's a big man. He's a First Nations man. He's a he's six foot two, six foot four. He's a big guy. Big guy, but he loves the Lord. Really does. He, he's been trying to get his life in order. He just, he's been, uh, he got off alcohol four or five years ago. It's been dry. And he just quit cigarettes. I took him, I said, I just said to him, hey, once, you, you, once you're ready, let's go and celebrate. And so we, did, we celebrated that, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. We went and celebrated, and, we, and it was just an exciting thing. We celebrated, and you know what, what I told him is that I loved him. I loved him. And I, it, was, it was like something went on in his heart. Something went on in his mind when he heard those words that loved him. He no longer was sitting on that side of the church. He now sits on this side of the church. It's, it's kind of lopsided. Some people are sitting here, some people there, and most of the people are sitting on this side of the church. That's <laughs> what they're doing. And it was just something. You know, it's like, God disappointed in my heart. See? Let them know that you care. Let them know you care. You don't have to be the most dynamic. You don't have to be, you know, an eloquent speaker. A, you know, one that can just thunder it out. Church knows that I can back home. But they don't care about that. They care that, hey, Pastor loves me. He cares. You know what? It's important for a church, not just for a pastor to express that type of love, but it's important for a church, for important for the body of that local church to express love to one another. I'm telling you, you know, the ladies, you know, they're all hugging each other. 
it's something to see them all hugging turds. They're, they're all, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to see. I love seeing it. I love seeing it. Beautiful thing to see. What about the whole COVID thing? Well, I understand. But, you know, show your love to one another. Amen. Show your love. And so, when you look at Paul's ministry here in, in Philippians, it takes a team, it takes thankfulness of what God's doing. It also takes tenderness. It takes tenderness. Be tender to the Lord. Amen. Be tender. Let God use you to touch someone else's life. Amen. Let God use you. Let him use you. You won't regret it. I guarantee you, when you get to heaven, you face Jesus, and, and, he's, and, you're, and, he, says, and he says those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You're like, yes. I was tender to you, Lord. Try to help people. Try to love them. Tell them about your son. That's what it's all about. Telling them about Jesus. It's really important. Amen? really is. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you so much for thy loving kindness and thy mercy, O Lord. I pray, dear Holy Father, that you would take you would take the two fish and five loaves and you would multiply it and feed the 5,000. Lord, I give you thanks. I give you praise for all that you will do. In Jesus' name.